Today's episode is brought to you by Force of Nature Cleaner. It's more important than ever to make sure your home is free of nasty viruses and bacteria. But how can you be sure that the cleaners you're using aren't leaving behind toxins with other nasty side effects? Force of Nature Cleaner is an all-natural, EPA-registered disinfectant that kills 99.9% of germs. Be sure to get yours today through the link in the show notes. I'm Crystal DiMicelli, and welcome to the Forces for Nature show. Do you find yourself overwhelmed with all the doom and gloom you hear of these days? Do you feel like you, as just one person, can't really make a difference? Forces for Nature cuts through that negativity. In each episode, I interview someone who's doing great things for animals and the environment. We talk through the problem they're addressing, the solution they have found, we'll keep them going, and we'll leave you with practical action tips so that you too can become a force for nature. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and at a loss as to what to do when you hear the stories of terrible things happening to animals. This you could be so big, so far away, that you feel helpless. Nina Jackal saw this issue and knew how to empower people to help. Her organization, Lady Freethinker, has been using petitions to help animal abuse victims all over the world with some pretty impressive results. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for joining me on Forces for Nature. It's so great to have you. Hi, Crystal. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So let's get right into it. Animal cruelty is still prevalent today in many different forms all over the world, from domestic abuse, industrial abuses, etc., etc. And it's quite easy to feel powerless in doing anything about it. You started Lady Freethinker in 2013 as a blog, wanting to use your strength as a journalist to address this issue. Before we get into that, can you tell me what led up to it? Yeah, so... When I was 12 years old, I had a little dog named Peggy. She was a cute little mutt, little small redhead. She almost looked like a fox. And she was my best friend. And I just remember one day sitting with her on the stairs of our apartment and looking into her eyes and just seeing this depth of emotion and intelligence, just thinking how much like me she was. And I started thinking about all animals and how they were also like her and like me. And they had deep feelings and suffered and felt joy. And I just made a realization that I I didn't want to cause pain to animals. And I never ate meat again after that. And I didn't quite become an activist right away because I didn't really know what activism was at that age. But I started thinking a lot more about other species. As I got older, I became a writer, a journalist, and I wrote on a lot of different topics, but I would always kind of try to insert myself into situations where I could write about animals or about not eating meat and what I could to use my voice to support what I believed in, which is treating animals better. Then in 2013, I started Lady Freethinker as my blog, as an outlet where I could write about the things that I really wanted to write about, whether somebody hired me to write them or not. So I don't even remember how I came across Lady Freethinker. I don't know if you just appeared in my inbox one day or I came across the blog, but how did it evolve from a blog to what it is now? How did it change over time? Yeah, it wasn't a fast process. 
It really, for the first couple of years, it was very small. I was just writing once a week a blog post. But then right around 2015, when when we became a nonprofit, I just started dedicating more time and actually took on some volunteer writers to contribute. And eventually our, our audience just started growing, almost to my surprise, to be honest. But all of a sudden, maybe 2015, 2016, more people started coming on board and signing up for the newsletter and signing petitions and getting involved and sharing on social media until in 2017, I just took the leap and quit my day job without really enough money to do it, but just took that leap of faith and started working full-time on Lady Freethinker on creating content, promoting our campaigns, and just working around the clock basically to build it. It paid off. Now we have a million email subscribers and we get a significant amount of petition signatures, which helps us have a greater impact. And the more we've grown, the more we've been able to do as far as undercover investigations also now we can provide direct aid to rescuers on the ground, which was something in the beginning that there was no way we could really do. So that became another component. And I feel that both of those components are very important for animal advocacy. You have to work to change the policies and change the laws that allow the suffering to happen in the first place. And then you also want to help the animals who are suffering right now with immediate aid. So I'm very happy now that we're able to do both of those things and keep working to do even more of it <laughs> as we grow. It's wonderful that you've been able to grow and evolve over the years the way you have. But the petitions are still at your core, right? That's right. The petitions are a very, very important part of what we do and what we spend the most resources on. They allow anybody from anywhere to add their voice to something that's bigger and, and make a difference. I try and make it as easy as possible for people to go to the petition, understand the issue, click their names there. One of the first petitions that we ever did was for this dog in Turkey. I will never forget this poor dog. There were two young men who cut off the dog's ears, most likely because mm. he lost in a dog fight. It was horrible. The picture was absolutely heartbreaking. So we had a petition for justice for that case. And it got a lot of signatures, actually. That petition went viral, and it got, I think it ended up with about 2 million signatures. It was covering the Daily Mail. So it brought a lot of awareness to that case. They never did find the dog, sadly. So we don't know what happened. And I, I don't think under the laws that existed at the time, the perpetrators really were at any risk of, of serious prosecution. But, but what did happen after that was Turkey actually started for the first time an animal cruelty social media task force which is something that i nobody wrote me a letter and said because of your petition this happened (laughs) but but if that if that hadn't gotten as much attention as it had i honestly don't think that task force would have ever even been conceived of let alone Mm -hmm. implemented so petitions really do have that kind of effect whether you get that immediate victory for that specific case or you're opening the eyes of government officials and companies and other policymakers to actually pay attention and say, hey, we need to do something about this because look what's going on. <laughs> we don't want this kind of attention, yeah. so we better do something. And it, it has that kind of effect, which is exactly mm-hmm. the purpose of a petition. Yeah. And now all these thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people know about it. So 
You can't just sweep it under the rug. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when animal cruelty has nowhere to hide, that's that's when people do something about it and, and it stops. So when you started the blog, was it just for fun or did you like what made you feel like that you as just one person had the power to make change? I wish I had a, a better answer, but to be honest, I didn't think about that and I at that point I don't even know if I believed I had that power. I just felt that I had to do something. Even if nothing happened, even if nobody read a word and not a single animal were saved, I I had to do something. It just wasn't really a choice, if that makes sense. I'd I'd never really had those sort of victories in the beginning, so I didn't even know if they were Mm -hmm. possible. But, But now I know they are possible, and I would encourage anybody, anybody to take the leap and use your voice and speak out no matter what happens. So what gave you the thought to make it into a 501c3? My experiences writing for another nonprofit made me realize that you could be a 501c3. I didn't really know anything about the nonprofit world, but once I sort of learned how it worked, and it seemed like a natural fit for a mission-driven entity, whether it's a blog or whatever it is, you know, anything can be an organization. And just to give it that official nonprofit status. It helps keep you focused. It it helps build trust with donors. All of a sudden, people can write donations off on their taxes, which is helpful. And it brings a level of authority that makes you more effective also. Mm -hmm. So was there a point where you thought of throwing in the towel? And what kept you going? Never, never, never. There have been hard times there has never once been a thought in my mind of giving up. It, it's just not there. Can you tell me about a time when you said to yourself, this, this is why I do it? Absolutely. So our very first undercover investigation was of a dogfight breeding facility in Chile. And we had a fantastic investigator down there who was so brave and went above and beyond what I, I probably would have told her not to do these things, actually, because because I would have feared for her safety. But she went and she just showed up at this known dogfight breeders facility. Thankfully, nobody was there. Well, there were dogs there, but there were no humans there. And she documented the dogs on chains with no food or water. Their bowls were covered in green slime. There were three dead puppies just lying on the ground. I mean, it, it was horrifying. But she documented that just with a GoPro, and went to the police. And they actually raided the the facility and they rescued all the dogs. There were 24 dogs and, and filed charges against the perpetrator who had been doing this for a long time. It wasn't his first offense. He'd already been exposed in a television documentary previously and yet he still thought that it was okay to keep raising you know the dogs this way. And, and he wasn't c- convicted then? Not previously, no. Well, he'd had convictions, but he'd never had any serious sentencing. Like, he'd never done any time in jail or or anything like that. It was just, you know, kind of something you could laugh off or, you know, he thought you could laugh off. But this time was different. They'd actually just passed some new laws in Chile, strengthening animal protections. So when his case went to trial, he actually got the new maximum sentence. And this is the strongest sentence that anybody in Chile has ever gotten um, in the nation's history for animal cruelty. 
But we achieved that with our investigation. And then, of course, after that, we had a petition and a campaign and kept in contact with the prosecutors who were fantastic and cared about animals, luckily. And achieving that victory as like a little tiny organization, even tinier than you know, from a totally different country. I mean, it was just like, wow, I can't believe that this is really working. <laughs> You're actually doing it. Things are changing that are going to affect, I mean, who knows how many dogs in the future because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it sends a message to all would-be animal abusers that there are consequences now. You can't just shrug it off and say, oh, nothing's going to happen because this could be you and don't let it be you. So the ripple effect to that, I mean, I'll never really know what the full effect is, but I I was so proud that day. I mean, when the dogs were rescued, that was an amazing feeling. When the conviction happened, that was just like overwhelming almost. And yeah, it just made everything worth it. Wow, that's incredible and so powerful. That feeling just must have been, (laughs) you know, elation. Absolutely. Yes. There were tears in my eyes. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything that you wish you knew at the beginning that you know now? I wish I would have known that there's no right way to be an activist I think in the beginning, I was looking to a lot of organizations, which is a good thing to do. You want to be inspired by other people and and know what's going on. But you also have to believe in your own vision. And if you talk to eight activists, you're going to get, you know, eight different opinions on what the right approach is. And you can't let that bother you. I used to be more insecure about those things. Like, well, am I doing this the right way? Am I being a good activist? And I try not to have those thoughts anymore because... I think anybody who does anything is being a good activist, even if it's not eating meat for one meal or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to help animals is a good thing. And I think I spent too much time worrying if I was perfect and doing everything completely correctly in the beginning. And if I could go back, I would tell myself to not stress so much about that. (laughs) I I really appreciate that you said that because... I think at times the word activist has a very negative connotation or to people it might feel too overwhelming or too dramatic that you have to do these things that just make you feel uncomfortable. But what I love so much about Lady Freethinker is that you're being empowered through your email. You receive petitions every day, every other day, whatever it might be you get to take an action through signing a petition. It's super easy. But then also in those emails, you have a whole bunch of good news stories, which makes you walk away feeling happy and not like it's the end of the world. So I really appreciate that you described your activism as that because anybody can be an activist in their own way and in whatever way they're comfortable with. Absolutely. And thank you for that. I, you know, without those heartwarming stories, it would be really hard to deal with all the rest of it. I think we all need that hope and just seeing that there's so many wonderful things happening to animals out there that counter a lot of the terrible things. We have to face those really hard realities in order to stop them, but also not let it get so overwhelming that we stop looking at the, the positive things that people are doing. And that's what keeps you going, are those positive things. Yes. So, I mean, maybe that brings us to the next question, or is the answer to this next question, but what principles or practices have you come to appreciate that more grassroots advocates should embrace? 
It is similar to what you just touched on. I would say don't underestimate the power of small actions. Anything you do that helps animals in some way is a win and you should be proud for doing it. And those actions add up when a lot of people do a really small thing, like signing a petition. Uh, change does happen. And also don't be ashamed or afraid to take a break when you need it. I think a lot of activists feel a pressure to be 100% on all the time. And if you're not, then you're failing the animals because they don't get a day off. And I mean, I, I get that. But at the same time, if you don't take care of yourself and your own needs, then you're not going to be what the animals need you to be in order to really protect them and be your best. That's so important for people to accept and internalize and do. How far do you think society has come in regards to animals? I think we've come a very long way. The more people have been able to witness with their eyes the cruelty that happens through social media and the internet, the more change has happened. And it's happened really quickly. As awareness grows, it's hard to, to keep finding excuses for not addressing it. And I think people genuinely care about animals. And most people want to see animal cruelty end. And I mean, while it is hard to change habits that you've had since you were a child, people are willing to make some sacrifices for the good of animals and also for the planet. So what brings you hope, if that answer would be any different than what you were talking um, about? You know, what brings me hope um, are the people that interact with me, that read Lady Freethinker, that take action, that write in saying that because of our dog meat campaign, they stopped eating meat because they saw that connection between dogs and, and pigs and cows. And all of those people give me hope. When I see the activist community in Los Angeles, which is, and there's a, a pretty significant, you know, animal activist community here. When I see how dedicated they are, like Jane Belez Mitchell, she's an amazing uh, reporter. She's worked for CNN and now she does uh, Jane Unchained. People like her, I, I see them making so much progress every day in raising awareness on animal issues and um, encouraging people to pay attention and to make better choices. I mean, all of those people give me hope more than anything. It's the people. What would you say your biggest challenge is now? My biggest challenge is looking at horrible images, videos, cases, descriptions of animal cruelty for the majority of my day. It comes with what I do, especially because we're publishing these things we're not just outside having protests, but we're really describing these things and showing them graphically mm -hmm. online, which means that I'm immersed in animal cruelty all day long, which, yeah. which takes its toll. Oh, and I, there's part of me that has built up somewhat of a wall. You can't start crying every time you see an animal suffering or else I would just cry all day long <laughs> at this point. You know, and I'm getting better at, like we talked about earlier, getting better at, you know, letting myself step away Self-care. Self-care, yeah, because mm -hmm. it is so necessary. So what are your plans for the future with Lady Freethinker? More of what we're doing. Keep growing, keep getting the word out to as many people as possible. Keep reaching out to as many policymakers as possible with petitions and other campaigns. Keep doing undercover investigations to show the cruelty that otherwise people just wouldn't see. 
and uh, continue with more aid to rescuers who are out there saving animals from terrible situations. We also do have a documentary in the works. We're in production right now. It's called We Are Animals. It really makes a connection between humans and all other animals that we share the planet with and explores our treatment of them and how we could do better in a non-judgmental way. It's not preachy. I don't, I don't like to be preachy. I just like to show people the, the truth and trust that they're good and, and want to do the right thing in whatever way that they can. And I'm also working on a book right now, actually. So, so just, a just a few things. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a few. <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, what can I say? It's my life. <laughs> There's never an end. <laughs> No, but these are all good things. <laughs> Thank you. So, so what can the listener do to help the causes that you fight for, to help Lady Freethinker? Well, first of all, go to ladyfreethinker.org, sign up for our newsletter. We have a petition section on the website. You can go and just start signing petitions. It's super easy. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and beyond just following us, just pay attention. Pay attention to what's happening Pay attention to what you're buying, to what you're doing. Think about what the impact might be on another living creature that you might not see right now or might not take the form of uh, a living animal in front of you, but is still behind that somehow and might be suffering, whether it's animals and entertainment, to, to the way you eat, to buying products that aren't tested on animals. There, I mean, there, there are a lot of ways that animals are suffering for our industries right now. Mm-hmm. So just pay attention. Well, Nina, this this has been so great, and I'm so happy that I had a chance to speak to you. Thank you for all that you do. You're making a difference. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I love your podcast, and I love your own philosophy and what you're doing, so keep it up because you're doing great work. As I mentioned, I have been receiving Lady Freethinkers emails for years now. What I love most about them are that, yeah, I learn about something terrible happening, but I can feel better about it because I'm given an easy way to do my part by signing a petition. Then, instead of dwelling on this terrible news, you provided feel-good animal stories to lift oneself back up again. I personally find hope in action, and Lady Freethinker provides a platform that empowers that hope. Don't forget to go to forcesfornature.com and sign up to receive weekly show notes, action tips, and be included in monthly giveaways. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to go to your podcast platform and please rate and review it. And don't forget to subscribe to never miss a new one. Hit me up on Instagram and Facebook and let me know what actions you've been taking. Adopting just one habit can be a game changer because imagine if a billion people also adopted that. What difference for the world are you going to make today? today?